It's Sex and Sarah Rose. I'm Sarah Rose, and really quick before we get into this episode, I know you may have found my podcast because you were looking for some interesting information about sex to listen to, but what you may not know is that I actually work with a lot of men to help them tap into their inner badass, have the sexual confidence that they've always desired to have, and to know once and for all that she isn't faking it. I have two distinct programs to help men. The first is for men who are ready to take the first step towards igniting their powerful sexual energy and getting better in bed. It's called Sex Stallion Training and it's an online program for you to do on your own time in the privacy of your home without a partner. This is for men that are single, in a relationship, or dating people. The second is called Man on Fire, which is the only sex university just for men. This six month program is designed to help you become the ultimate sexual master. For six whole months, you train with me in live online sessions, and I will train you to be the best lover that she has ever had. So if you want the sex secrets that every woman wish you knew, and you wish that every woman had told you, this is where they are finally revealed. Check out more info at tantricactivation.com or just check out the show notes in the podcast app you're listening to this from now, and there will be links there for you. Thanks and enjoy the show. It's Sex and Sarah Rose, and today I have with me Ralph Sutton. So Ralph is the uh, host of the SDR show. He's the owner of Gas Digital, and he has a new book out, which I can't wait to hear. Hey, Ralph, thanks for being here. How are you doing there? How's everything? Can you see that? Uh, I see, I see. The 100% guaranteed guide to weight loss and fitness. 100% guaranteed. 100% guaranteed. How do you guarantee anything in this world? Well, I'll show you very simply. Okay. So this is the book. I'm going to pull up to you. I wrote a little forward. You don't need to read the forward. It's a little, little forward, but here's chapter one. Can you read that? Eat less. Yes. <laughs> chapter two. Work out more. And the rest of the book is blank. <laughs> That's it. You do those two things. You're going to lose weight and get in shape. Oh my God. You, are, out now. you can buy it anywhere. You're a genius. <laughs> Amazon bestseller right there. Yeah, there it is. It's, it's a very simple guide. You follow that those rules. I guarantee you, you, you'll see big changes. You know, they say everyone is on a diet. Just most people's diets suck. Yeah, it's true. I, you know, it's funny that. So, uh, when COVID, so I, I gained a lot of weight when my dad died four years ago, right? I gained like literally 50 or 60 pounds and just out of misery eating and then slowly started to lose it. But then when COVID hit, gained it again. And then one day I'm like, you know what? I got to just fucking change something. So I just started eating more plants, you know, eating more healthy and running every other day. When I started, I could only run a minute at a time. And I'd be like, then walk. I'd run a minute, walk, run a minute, walk. And now I run like 11 miles straight uh, every other day almost. And uh, I'm, I'm trying to get towards being able to run at least a, a half marathon. And then as a joke, I said, I'm going to write this book and it's uh, going to just have two pages in it. Eat less, work out more. And that's it. And that's what it is. Well, good for you. You're in New York City. Where are you running at? Uh, the East River. Uh, yeah. Go around the base of Manhattan and come back up. Beautiful. Yeah. So who's on the cover of the book? I couldn't tell. Uh, just two, you know, it's uh, stock photos. I, bo I belong to like one of those things and took a hot girl and a hot guy that are in good shape and put it on the cover of the book. 
Yeah. We know we own, you know, there's those websites like Envato and stuff where you can pay a yearly membership right, and get yeah, access yeah. to audio, video pictures and stuff like that. <laughs> awesome. So how's it going in New York right now? You know, I would say that we are probably going to get locked down again. I hate to admit it, but people are stupid and don't want to believe that this is real. Because even if you don't believe it's real, even if you think it's fake, just put on a mask. Even if you get a mask that says, I don't believe this is real, and you wear that mask, because people want it both ways. They either, they don't believe it's real and they don't want to close down, and they don't want to wear a mask and socially distance. You can't have both. It's either you, you wear a mask and we open, or you don't wear a mask and we close. And that's the rule. Just like, just like you don't speed, you don't go out murdering people. We all follow certain rules. Whether you like them or not, maybe there's people that really want to murder people and they can't because it's against the law. So that's what this is right now. But whatever it is, I do feel New York City's cold right now. And so people are huddling in masses and cases are going through the roof. It's scary. I haven't left my house. I don't I don't really leave my house anymore. Mm. And has it been like that pretty much since March? Like, or was there a period where you were going out more? I mean, I took it seriously pretty early on. And so at the studios at Gas Digital, which I don't know, if, when you did the show, you did it in my house, I think, right? No, no, no. I was at the studio. I think you had just studio. moved into the studio. Okay. So the at the studios, there's strict laws with how many people can be there. So I go two or three times a week. I used to be first in, last out every day. But now if I'm not needed, I don't go, you know? Mm -hmm. So, and if I do go, I go in with, with a mask on and stay as little as time as possible. And of the 20 shows on Gas Digital, I think four are recording in studio and the other 16 are recording via Zoom. So mm -hmm. we're just doing what we can to make it, you know, to keep surviving. And, we're, you know, we no shows missed a beat, thank God. It was a crazy day when we found out that the all the offices were going to be closed. Mm -hmm. On a Thursday, we found out that Monday, this is back in March, we wouldn't be allowed back in our studios. So I grabbed all my uh, producers. We set up a meeting. We figured out which shows needed a camera, who needed a computer, who needed a microphone. And then we sent Ubers in every direction of New York and got them to everybody. And we didn't miss any shows. Thank God. Wow. Good for you. Badass. That's amazing. So, okay. Tell everybody what your show is about. Well, I think that uh, this title kind of says it all sex, drugs, and rock and roll, the SDR show. You can kind of see the logo right there. If you're watching the video, um, it really, I hate to use this comparison, but I'm 50 years old, and when I grew up, my dream job was to be Howard Stern, right? Mm. But so what this, what I liked about Howard was that he would do the crazy sex shit with mod, with you know porn stars and lesbians and whatever. But then he'd have a, an amazing interview with somebody. Then he'd have a f hilarious day with a comic. So it was always you didn't know when you turned on the show what day today was going to be. Is it going to be a great interview? Is it going to be funny? Is it going to be crazy? So. I tried to mimic that concept where we have interviewed, you know, Ray Romano and Mark Cuban and Damon John and all these great interviews, but we've also had tons of porn stars on. We do crazy, uh, what I call stunt shows, like little concept shows that are just silly. And we've had bands perform live and, you know, we try and be funny and just try to have every, it's the highlight of my week. Every week we try and do silly stuff to be fun. I got to say, yeah. it is the best podcast that I've been on, the most oh. fun and most entertaining and I and also the b most well done. You do a really great job. Oh, thank you so much. I put a lot, you know, people don't realize how much effort goes into putting something like that together to make it, to make it seem effortless requires a lot of effort, if that makes any sense. 
So I, I'll come up with dumb production ideas, like stunt show ideas, and it'll take two or three weeks to figure out the logistics of it to make it make sense. Or the amount of research I do when I have a guy, like this week I'm taping three episodes, and in my head I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to do like 12 hours of research to get these three episodes off the ground. And it's just so much work that goes into, you know, you want to you wanna put effort in so that the guest coming on feels like you put effort in. You know what I mean? As far as, especially when we're dealing with like, I, I don't mean to keep dropping his name, but it's probably the biggest star we've had on this year, Ray Romano. The dude is an A-lister, you know, and he came on just through a, through a weird set of circumstances. And um, Neil deGrasse Tyson was on as well, which who I love. And um, to be able to say to them, like with, with um, Neil, I've, I read his books. So I, I could talk to him about his books. I've read his books. With Ray Romano, he mentioned in a off-the-cuff interview about a movie he did that nobody really watched, but he was really proud of. And I said, well, fuck, I'm going to go watch that movie. And so we talked about that movie. And you could see in his eyes, he was so happy that I watched the movie. He thought I was lying when I first mentioned it. He goes, oh, I don't want to call you out because a lot of people just and I was like, no, ask me any question about the movie. I watched the whole movie. So those kind of things, I think, help put the guest at ease. It's like, oh, this guy really cares and makes them be a little more comfortable and maybe say or do things they normally wouldn't because they're in an environment where they feel that people care. Yeah. So you've had some really great guests. Who would you say has been, aside from me, of course, who has been your most interesting podcast guest? Well, it's funny because I opened the episode recently with this is not going to be a normal SDR show. And it was, I'm sorry, something just fell off my wall here. Sorry about that. This is not going to be a normal SDR show. And it was a guy that I've idolized for over a decade is Neil deGrasse Tyson. Mm. You know, I just love ever since I've always been fascinated with the planets and astronomy and stuff like that and astrophysics stuff. And I've gone to see him speak a few times at the Hayden Planetarium. So they were able to spend an hour with him and ask him every question. On the, my first question to him was, you're a respected scientist, you're the director of the Hayden Planetarium, you know, all this, these accolades that he has as a scientist, why the fuck would you come on a show called Sex, Drugs, and Rock and Roll? That's my first question out the gate. Not sure how it would go, right? And he had a brilliant answer, which was, look, when I go on science shows, I already have those people on my side. They're fans of science. I like to go on shows where I might reach people that don't necessarily believe in science and I get a few of them to come on board Then I've accomplished my mission. I'm like, well, that is a fucking great answer. It makes total sense. Yeah. So who, who is your demographic who typically listens to your show? We're predominantly men 21 to 49. That's our biggest age demographic. You know, it's 80% men 21 to 49. That's our big and United States. And then, you know, we do surprisingly have a lot of female listeners um, which I guess is a good sign of shows like yours that are allowing not only men to be more uh, confident sexually, but women as well, that they could listen to a ridiculous show like that and enjoy it. Because we've done, like right now I'm working on an episode that's just so stupid. Like I come up with these ideas and Jay will as well, my co-host, Big Jay Okerson, um, just stupid ideas that are like, oh, we should just try and make that happen. Like the one that was the most listened to episode of all time was called The Olympics. Okay. And it was a $100 escort and a $1,000 escort. And we got blindfolded one-minute blowjobs to see when you take out what they look like, you can't touch them, your, your eyes and your, everything's out of it. You're just getting a one-minute blowjob. Would you pick the $100 girl or the $1,000 girl? You know, or just a kind of a stupid idea, you know? Uh -huh. And it was the most listened to episode of all time. Um, just dumb stuff like that. We try and have fun and be ridiculous. 
Oh my God. So I'm dying to know which one did you pick? You know, it's been five years now. I think I picked the hundred dollar and Jay picked the thousand dollar, but I don't remember. I always thought we both picked the cheaper girl, but it, someone recently corrected me and said, it's not true, but I always thought we did. So I'm not hundred percent sure. And then we also, once a year, I try a drug because the show is called sex, drugs, and rock and roll. And I've never done any drugs in my life. So once a year, I try a drug live on the show. Okay. What's the and last one you tried? Cocaine right before COVID off of Ryan Keeley's ass, I believe. <laughs> yeah. And that's the only time I've ever done cocaine in my life. And uh, I didn't, I didn't like any of the drugs, but again, fans have told me you're trying it in the worst possible environment. The camera's in front of you. You're trying to keep a show together. You know, you're trying to be conversational. You can't lean into the drug. So you're never going to enjoy it no matter what you're doing. Uh, but I mean, I'm, it doesn't mean I'm going to go back and try again. So. So, all right. So then why do you have a, the show sex, drugs, and rock and roll if you don't do drugs? Well, to be honest with you, um, so I did radio for a very long time. I had a independently owned uh, rock radio show that was on about 90 stations, which I did most of my life from when I was 29 to 46. That's what I did, radio, right? Interviewing rock bands and whatnot. And then I would say, I think it was in 2000, something like that, maybe, no, maybe 2004, I was offered to do a morning show and I had this idea. I'll call it sex, drugs, and rock and roll. I will go out at night because at the time I was like maybe 30, had more energy. Um, I would go out at night and whoever was still left with me at five in the morning was going to come with me to the radio station and we'd do a show together. That was the idea, right? Okay. So I imagined that there'd be a lot of drugs involved, you know, and, you know, just late nights, that's when crazy bad decisions happen. So I just sort of be, a, I could probably do it for a year and it'd be a crazy wild show, right? And then they told me how much they were offering me and I'm like, yeah, no, nah, I don't want to do that. I'd be, I don't want to kill my life for that amount of money. So I just didn't do it, but I had the logo, I had the URL, I had it all sitting on my hard drive. And then a few years later when Jay said he wanted to do a podcast with me, what do you think we should call it? And I sent them the logo because in my head at the time, they said there was about two, 300,000 podcasts in the iTunes store. Now there's a million, but at the time it was about two, 300,000. I was like, well, how the fuck are we going to stick out? We're not celebrities. No one knows us. So I said, well, if you call it sex, drugs, and rock and roll, who's not going to say, oh, okay, not only do I get it, but I want to listen. And that was the idea. All right. So, all right. So what's been your favorite drug then that you've tried on the show? The only one that I said, oh, I kind of get it was Molly. Uh -huh. But what I don't like about any of them is I felt terrible the next day with right. all of them. So I won't, the, I've told this a million times, but the first time we did Molly, it was crystal meth by accident. And I was up for three days oh, and that was horrible. Um, <laughs> How did you do it by accident? Yeah, well, we thought, because apparently it's a common thing that they look similar. Someone gave it to us, and we just, they said it's Molly. And then we found, when we were up for three days, they're like, oh, no, no, that's not Molly. That's crystal meth. And we oh, did a test God. on it, and it found that it was. We bought a test kit, and then when we got, the next time we did it, we got Molly, and we tested, and it was pure Molly. And so I we knew we had that. Um, we were supposed to do, I think it was GHB or something this year, but obviously you know, everything got put on hold this year. Right. And so what, like, but you spoke weed and like things I like that. I barely smoke weed. I don't, I don't, I drink, you know, I have, I don't even drink that much. I'm real boring. Like I have, if I, I only drink, if I'm on a date, right. And this will lead into like, I, I, I give advice to guys a lot with dating, right. 
if you're on a date with a girl and she orders a uh, a whiskey, you know, and you order a champagne flute, you've kind of lost your edge there. So like I mimic if she wants wine, we get wine. If she wants hard alcohol, I'll drink hard alcohol. Um, but normally if I'm out with my friends, I don't drink at all. I, I can go months without drinking. If I go on a date and the girl drinks, I'll drink. I say, I always ask them first, what would you like to drink? And then I just get whatever, something similar if that makes any sense. Uh-huh. So what's been your most exciting date lately? Uh, well, you know, to be honest, dating has slowed down, slowed down a lot during COVID for me, you know? Um, I do, I'm, I would say, we, I've talked about this a lot. I'm, I don't think I'm garbage, but I do think I'm a creep. If that makes any sense. Like, I do think that I do things that could be perceived as creepy, whereas I think I'm a good person. But at 50, you do, you have to do things that when I was young and in better looking in my 30s in good shape and felt like I could take on the world, I didn't need to resort to things that I do now to meet women. So, like, I hit on girls on Instagram or Facebook. I, there was this thing where people got mad at me because I found this out by accident, which was Instagram. I don't think it does it anymore, but it was doing this for a while. If you liked a lot of photos that had the same hashtag, Instagram would say to you, hey, you've liked six photos this week with the hashtag, blah, blah, blah. Maybe you should follow that hashtag. And it was the hashtag New York. And I realized girls are coming to New York for the first time. They take a photo and they hashtag New York. And they're so happy to be here. So I followed that hashtag. And every once in a while, I would see a hot girl saying, first time in New York, blah, 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 take a picture. And I would DM them and say, hey, I'm a great tour guide. And the amount of times that worked is crazy. You know, that if someone's like, oh, shit, really? I just got here. I don't know anybody. And then, yeah, let me show you. We got, we'll meet at a coffee shop, blah, 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 blah. That works an alarmingly high amount of times. Of course, now it doesn't because no one's traveling. But that definitely could be looked at as super creepy. I get right. it. <laughs> I totally get it. I've actually watched movies, see a hot girl, find them on Instagram, not the star, not like Angelina Jolie or something, but it's some like shitty B movie or whatever. And I'll talk to them. And I've gone on dates with girls that fucking, they're in a movie somewhere, but they were like, you know, they're not the star. They're the extra. There was a movie I saw once about robots in the future that were used for sex or something. And the robot was gorgeous. And it's found her on Instagram. I mean, it's very creepy, but no one else is doing it and it's working. <laughs> well, now everyone that listens to your show or this show is going to be doing it. <laughs> That's fine. More, more the merrier. I have no problem with that. You know, I just think that it's also, as a very pretty girl, you're probably aware of this, that guys don't hit on you a lot, not as much when they're intimidated by a girl. If a girl's so hot or when I mean, you're running a sex podcast, you know, and you, it's intimidating to guys. So a lot of guys will not hit on that girl either A, because they're intimidated by it, or B, because they feel there's no way she's available. And then more times than not, those girls are not going on dates because no one's asking them. Or here's the other thing that they do. The whole fucking negging thing, I hate more than anything. It just shows how insecure a guy is. But that's literally the number one technique they try and do. They're like, oh, I'm going to just kind of like try and bring her down. So that way if she feels insecure and then she feels like she needs me, I'm like, and I'm all over that shit. I literally call them out on the spot. Like, fuck you. Like, I don't, I don't know. I that. think that might've worked in the nineties. I don't think that they worked. They still do it. Oh my God. They're still doing it. I, the, biggest I feel- <laughs> thing, the biggest thing I tell guys all the time is never get upset. When a girl cancels last minute, when a girl's late, 
whatever it is, never get upset because that's not going to get you anywhere. Complaining, there's no way it's like, oh, cool, this guy's complaining. He seems great. Just never complain, no matter what. If they're always late, then it's maybe someone you don't want to be with. But right. when you're trying to woo said individual, if they're if they don't, if they cancel five minutes beforehand or they don't show up and then they apologize later, whatever it is, you're like, oh, it's cool. Don't worry. We'll do it another time and just leave it at that. Because if you get angry, you, nothing, nothing positive comes from that. So, I mean, you're in New York city. There's all these hot women there. Like how hard can it really be? They always say that it's like a man's paradise in New York city. So I am a very large imposing person. I'm six, almost six, six. Um, I look scary. And I understand that I've seen, especially when I had long hair, I don't shave often. I look like a maniac, you know, so I don't do well in public. I do far better online. Number one, number two, I don't want to go to bars and clubs. I just told for that shit. I'd rather take a girl for a great meal and sit and talk than have to go to 10 bars to meet maybe one girl that I like. It's just not what I want to do. I don't want to be out late. You know, these days, the latest I'm up is taping SDR. Like, I go to bed. I try to be in bed before midnight, get up at six and go run every day. I don't want to be out till three in the morning. It's funny. I was on a date a year ago before everything is always a year ago now because of COVID. And the girl wanted to meet late. And I was like, I find I'll just suck it up. You know, she wanted to meet at 11 o'clock because whatever she was going to dinner. Normally I would say no. I was like, fine, fuck it. We'll just just had a, a nap during the day and went out. And, uh, she wanted to keep staying out late. We were getting along with you. Like we kissed a little bit and things were going well. And now it's like 2.30 in the morning. And I have this belief that nothing good happens after three. That's when people get really drunk. That's when fights happen. That's when there's gunfire. Like after, you know, you proved your point. You're out late. It's 2.30. Just go home, right? And now it's like almost three. We're still trying to discuss it. And then we get into this huge argument because I just thought that nothing good happens after three. And I was like, you're proving my point. We're arguing right now. And it's three o'clock in the morning because we're both drunk. And I never saw the girl again. <laughs> All right. So back to the blowjobs. I'm not done there. Whoa. What made one better than the other? One, I think, gave far more effort, far more like this. I'm going to show these guys that I mean business, you know, and I think that was the big difference to me. The, 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 the joie de vivre, you know, the, the extra verve that she put into it. Because I think she felt she had something to prove. With a thousand dollar girl, I feel didn't feel like she had anything to prove. I mean, she's getting paid a lot more money. She doesn't fucking care. She was, you know, I don't mean to um, objectify, but she was ob definitely way prettier, you know, in better shape, way prettier. And I think she's used to that working for her and not needing to have to go the extra mile. Yeah, I see that a lot. I see that with men too, like guys that are better looking or have more money or they're in better shape or they have the big, bigger dick. Like a lot of times they suck in bed. Yeah, well, unfortunately, never going to know what that's like to be the good looking guy with the bigger dick. <laughs> Doubtful. Um, <laughs> all right. So, I mean, I, I agree though. I think that when it comes to oral sex, if you're showing that you have, that you're like really into it, that goes so far. Like everybody wants to be wanted. They want to know that they taste good. They want to know that the person that's, you know, giving them oral sex is really into it. And you can definitely tell the difference. You know, there's the guys that are like, okay, I guess, you know, I have to go down for, 
you know, 30 seconds or whatever. And it's like, fuck you. Whereas the guys that are down there for like an hour and you can tell like they just fucking love it. It's a big difference. When I was 23, I think I was, I was dating this girl. And um, it's funny. I just talked to her yesterday because we're doing an episode of SDR called Ralph, This Is Your Sex Life. And we're bringing on girls that I've dated to bash me, right? And this is like the first girl I ever really dated. We were together for a long time. And um, she would always blow me. And I would, I ne- at that point, I was probably 22. I never went down on girls at all. Like not even a little bit. And she said one day, um, oh, do you like, you like the blowjobs? And I said, yeah. She's like, well, if you don't start going down on me, they're never fucking happening again. And I was like, all right. And I do this because she kind of worked with me to do it because I had never, I was freaked out by it. You know, when I was 21, 22, I did not want to do it at all. Also, it's funny. I never trimmed down there at all when I was that age. And she's like, how would you like it if I let my hair grow wild so that it was just nothing but push down there? I'm like, oh, I would hate it. She goes, yeah, fucking trim your goddamn self. It was really funny. Like she was really, <laughs> she taught me a lot, that girl. We're still friends to this day. Um, but she was cool because she was really tough. It was very funny. Oh, God, I can't wait to listen to that show. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be a, a good one. We have a girl, I've told the story a lot, but it was a girl that I met. I used to host this event at a strip club in Brooklyn with Lainey, and it was called Pornapalooza. And it was Big J and I would be the hosts, and there would be comedians and porn stars that would go up and do either like acts or routines or something, and we would just kind of host it, right? And one night I'm there, and um, Mia Isabella, who is a, a trans porn star, was there with a group of her friends. And one of them was this gorgeous um, makeup artist girl. She wasn't a performer. She was her makeup artist. And I was like, ah, oh, we started talking. She was super forward to me, gave me her number, said she's only in town for the weekend. And I was getting late, so I said, I'm going to go. She was, I'll walk out with you. And she did. And we made out. And I had, was all excited to see her. And this is back when, you can't do this anymore since like privacy acts and stuff. But if you would put your phone, put a phone number in Facebook, it would show you the account attached to that phone number. doesn't work anymore. But I did it, and it turned out that it was a trans performer with a bigger penis than me. Right? I did not know she was trans, and I just felt like it's something you should have said before we made out and made plans for dinner. Right? So I texted her and just said, hey, uh, you know, I'm not upset, but it's just not something I, I'm comfortable with. So I, I think I'm going to let not cancel on the plans. And just for your own safety, you should probably tell someone before you make out with them because there's crazy guys out there that when they found out, they may have gone on the date to beat the shit out of you, right? And just for your own safety. And then she got angry with me because I thought you'd be man enough to handle me. I'm like, look, you're not going to shame me into doing this, but I'm, you know, just letting you know, and we never spoke again, but she's coming on the show so we can talk about it with her. I can't wait. Oh, that's cool that she's coming on. Yeah. yeah, we're still Facebook friends now. So, you know, she, uh, it's just, you know, again, any girl, well, not, not meaning her, but any girl in my life up until now that I've had meant something to a girl that I've dated for a year or whatever, I'm still friends with all of them. I still talk to all of them. I never, I've never really, I cheated on one girl once and that's it. If I'm not happy and I want to cheat on a girl, it's just easier to break up with them right. than to have to make a string of lies to cover your tracks. You know, just your, it's, I give it the equivalent of keeping an old animal alive. You're doing it for you. The animal doesn't want to be alive anymore. Can't even feed itself. You just don't want, don't want that album to that animal to die. And it's totally selfish. 
So when you're in a relationship that you're miserable with, you think you're doing it for them. It's you're just being totally selfish. So you're 50, you turned 50 this year? Past New Year's. I'm a New Year's baby. New Year's baby, almost 51. So, all right, all all the studies show that by 50, most people are ready for that long-term relationship. Is that you? I'm, I'm not against it. I would not say no to it if I fell in love with the right person. Both of my parents, my parents got divorced when I was four, and then they were single for a good many years. My dad got remarried when I was 13 and stayed married till he passed away for 32, 33 years. And my mom didn't get married until she was 70, right? She just got married a few years ago. And both of them said the same thing to me. When you know, you know. I just haven't known yet. I know I've come close. I've had two women propose to me, but I never felt like, oh, this is the girl that I know I want to spend the rest of my life with. I don't think it's wrong to not be ready for that. And I don't say I'm not ready. I just haven't met the right person. Like I feel so many relationships stay together for the wrong reasons. You know, I've been with her for 10 years. I have, we have so much in common. You know, we own a house together. We have kids together. Whatever the fuck it is, they're not together because they love each other. Once in a while, you see those relationships like, oh, yeah, that's what I want. With that kind of, you know, admiration and love for each other, you don't see that that often. And then that's what I would like. That just hasn't happened. Maybe it's me. Maybe it's a deeper rooted thing in my life. I don't know. But I've never felt with a girl, oh, my God, I can't be without this girl because that's the feeling I want before I get married. And I don't even think married is an archaic idea. It's so misogynistic. You take my name, you become my property. It's ridiculous. But the idea of a long-term relationship, I get. Even though, by the way, we're the only animals that do it. No other animals practice monogamy. None on the planet. I totally agree. I'm the, I'm the same. It's like, I'm open to the idea of a long-term committed relationship, but I'm not going to do it just for the hell of it. Like it's got to be absolutely right. And yeah. you know, it's just, it hasn't happened. And I think part of it is because I'm so fucking busy. I work nonstop. And so it's hard to meet people when all you do is work yeah. <laughs> or, I mean, I meet a lot of people, but you know, people are all around the world when I'm meeting them and, you know, we're virtual and doing shit like this. And, uh, yeah. And it's, it has to be right because my life is already pretty fucking amazing. And it's like, if I'm going to, uh, commit to a relationship, it's gotta be better than what I've got going on right now. And right Right. now it's pretty damn good. (laughs) I feel, you know, I'm the same way. It's just like, I just know, you know, when it feels right to me, the, I also think about having kids. Jay shits on me a lot because he says, you're 50. You can't have a kid. Now you're going to be grandpa running down the street after a kid. And I get it. I think the main reason you have a kid is so that someone takes care of you when you get older. <laughs> you know, that's the real, it's a, in general, and there's a great article on this, if I get the link, but you could find it if you Google having kids is selfish because it really is you either are looking to have someone take care of you when you get older or you're looking to mold somebody both of which, or, or you want something to love you, it's very selfish reasons. It's not any altruistic reasons. If it was, you would just adopt a child as opposed to having one, you know? So I, I don't know. I mean, I love animals and kids and I get it, but I just, again, if it felt right and it's the right person, who knows? I'm not saying no to anything. You never know where you're going to be in, in six months, a year, who the fuck saw this COVID coming. So who knows? But, um, 
I casually date probably two or three different girls right now. Nothing is serious. And I'm very open with that with everybody. I always say, until we have the conversation that we are exclusively dating, I am going to assume you're fucking the world. That's just how it is. And it's just easier for everybody. And if you're at the point where you want to be serious, then tell me, let's have that conversation. But until then, that's what I assume. I think everybody would be much better off if that was the assumption, but everyone does the opposite assumption. Instead, it's like, Oh, we went on a date. We're exclusive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, or like I used to worry like, Oh my God, I'm putting up an Instagram photo at a restaurant, obviously on a date when other girls that I'm dating following me, but I just feel like, you know, fuck it. It's not, I'm not, I'm not misrepresenting myself. So if they get mad, they get mad, but I've never thought she said, Oh, you told me that we were exclusive. That's never going to happen. I've never said that to anybody. Right. Not in the last 15 years, you know? So, all right. What is Gas Digital? So Gas Digital is the network that was born out of SDR show. So SDR show started six years ago. And then about four years ago, as I was getting ready to let my radio show go, which was on 90 stations in its prime, um, which was 90 somewhat smaller radio stations, but you combine them together. And I had a half a million people listening to me every week, Right. So when I was doing SDR, my friend, Louis J. Gomez, who's a comic also, he had another show and I knew him through Jay. They had a show together as well. And we just were talking about the idea of doing a network. And I said, yeah, because look at my show, my radio shows on a bunch of little stations. You put that all together, you can make a living. So if we got a, a bunch of smaller shows at the time, my show was a lot smaller. And so it was his, you put them together and you've got a force where you could start making money. I already had the studio set up in my house because I was doing my show here. So I said, all right, we could already offer studio space. We can, I knew ad sales because of my, the radio show. So we just started a network with four shows. And at the time, I think collectively, we had 10,000 listeners between the four shows. And now four years later, we opened studio space in New York that you've been to. We have 21 or 22 shows, I think at this point. And I think, I, I don't like saying specific numbers, but it's a few million listeners every week across the network and it's just growing exponentially. So it's amazing. And it, it spawned other businesses. We have a podcast studio rental business an ad sales business, a merch business that all came from the umbrella company, which is gas digital. And then there's, there's the network, the ad sales, all separate components that all work under the umbrella of gas digital. Okay. So yeah, you've got quite the organization going there. Yeah, it's crazy. There's about 20 people that work for me there. And that doesn't include, if you include the radio, the, the podcasts, it's probably a hundred people, but 20 that are like, you know, whether they're ad sales guys, merch people, producers, graphic artists, you know, uh, web people, that kind of stuff. Um, it's about 20 people. It's crazy. And uh, thankfully, which is funny when COVID hit, you know, that first month, March and April, we're, we're rough, you know, um, January, February were two of the best years, two of the best months we've had since we started. And then March and April were the two worst months in like two years. So like every advertiser left and the discussion we had, Lewis and I was like, let's, instead of doing what everyone else is doing, where they're letting people go, they're cutting, they're cutting shows down, no new shows, whatever, let's double down. So we made a free code for everybody. You get 30 days free to the network. We hired two new shows. We didn't fire anybody and it really worked for us because nobody, you know, even on regular network television, there were no new shows. So if you were star for entertainment and you knew 21 shows a week are coming out on gas digital and you could subscribe for free for a month, 
it did wonders for us. We almost doubled our, our subscriber base in, you can pay to subscribe as well. We almost doubled subscriber base in the first two months of COVID, which is nuts. Fantastic. Well, and that's what the smart businesses did. That's what I did. I had a business coach um, at the time when COVID first hit and you can work twice as hard. Maybe you'll make half the amount. He's like, but your business will succeed. You'll make it through this if you work twice as hard. And that's exactly what I did. And my business didn't make half as much. I actually did much better this year. So yeah, yeah, you know, and but that's how, that's what the smart businesses did. Like we leaned into our business and we're like, yeah. nope, we're not going down. Yeah, I agree. It was, it's been, uh, you know, oh, I'm overworked for sure. Especially now that we have Zoom, I will record an episode of my show whenever anyone can. So I'll do, because right now I just feel like we're in a unique time. Everybody's home. That's why we're able to get bigger stars. Like, like you know, the people we've had on the show recently. Uh, normally you're not going to get these people to come into the studio 9 p.m. on a Wednesday night in the East Village, but Zoom, 2 o'clock in the afternoon, you can get somebody. So I, like this week, I think I'm taping nine episodes. Crazy. You know, just uh, if someone's offered to me, and I'm like, oh, I want that person. Let's do it. You know, so I didn't, I just want to say yes to everything right now because we we have the time. I, I've been going on a ton of podcasts as a guest because I'm, I'm home. What am I going to do? Right. You know, sit home and watch movies. Let's do stuff. Yeah, for sure. So, all right. What's the one podcast guest that you haven't had on the show yet that you're dying to have? Well, it's funny is that it depends on each genre. So like for the drug part, I really wanted either Russell uh, Brand or Charlie Sheen because I just think they'd be such crazy storytellers. You know, it'd be great to hear them. Although Russell Brand's gotten a little more uh, spiritual in his later years, but his early stuff, I would like to hear more stories like that. And Charlie Sheen just fucking... So batshit crazy. I think it'd be great. In the rock world, like he's one person I've never interviewed. Like even in my radio show, I had interviewed every band I've ever wanted, pretty much, you know? And I never, even though I interviewed maybe half of Guns N' Roses, never spoke to Axel. Would love to speak to Axel. Spoke to Slash, spoke to Duff, spoke to you know everyone else in the band almost, but never Axel. Would love to have Axel come in studio. If I could pick a perfect world, Axel and Slash, and they do an acoustic song live, I could die. You know, that'd be, I'd be so happy. And we've had great porn stars on. Uh, Asa Akira was a great get, you know, she was so great on the show. So, I mean, anytime there's someone like we're getting, um, you know, there's so many great porn stars to get on, but um, we've been knocking those a little easier for whatever reason. But yeah, those two would stick out to me. Axel coming in and um, Charlie Sheen and Russell Brand. Those would be great ones for me. Yeah, that would be fun. So, all right. When it comes to sex with women, what's been your, I, what's been the best sexual experience that you've had? Most fun, most just rock your world. So when I was in my mid thirties, say 30, maybe a little later, 37, 38, um, I was dating this girl and it was a very unique experience. It really sounds like it, I'm making it up, but my brother could attest to it because we were living together at the time. Very pretty tall Russian girl. And her desire, what made her happy was watching me have sex with other girls, right? So she was great at hitting on girls. And literally, I would be home sleeping sometimes. And she would call me and say, get up, I'm coming over with two girls or something. It was nuts. And it lasted about a year. But it was the night, I'll tell you exactly what night it was. It was the night Obama became president. So what is that, 2008? Right? So it's 12 years ago, right? Mm -hmm. We were out, me and her and another girl, we were out partying in New York, you know, watching the election results. And when he won, they picked three girls up 
sorry, no, two girls up. The two of them, they picked two girls up. We all went back to my place and I had a fivesome with four girls for the whole night to the next morning, hands down the best night that ever happened to me. Unbelievable. Who could beat that? It was great. <laughs> so do you like having sex with multiple people, multiple women better than one at a time? I love the idea of the girl I'm dating to be down for a lot of things, right? So like, let's say anal sex and threesomes are probably the two most common. Um, it's not a fetish, whatever, like, uh, whatever you'd call it, a um, kink, uh, yeah. maybe kink, right? Because fetish is taking something non-sexual and sexualizing it. So a, maybe kink is a, a fair way to say it. I'm not sure exactly. But that's probably the most common, number one and number two, anal sex and threesomes, right? I don't need to have them every day. But knowing that they're on the table is a big relief to me, if that right. makes any sense. For so sure. it's just nice to have that ability. Very often the argument would be, it's like, well, if we're going to have a threesome with a girl, we're going to have to have a threesome with a guy. And my answer is, well, then you're not bisexual. Because if you're not getting enjoyment out of the girl, then I don't want you to do it. I want you to do it because you're enjoying it also. If you're just doing it for me, there's nothing fun about that. And then if you look at it that way, I'm not into guys. There's nothing fun about that for me. So to me, it's a girl that actually likes girls. I've had threesomes with two girls that have want nothing to do with each other. There's nothing fun about that. It feels awkward to me. So yes, I do like them. I like to have them on the table, but by no means is something that needs to happen. It's just nice to know that it's an option. In general, I like a girl that's pushing buttons. So I enjoy threesomes, just like the novelty of them, just like to have a different type of experience mm. from time to time. But I don't ever find that they're really as satisfying as sex with just one person at a time. Well, I think it's not a fair assessment because you're one, and I'm, in theory, I would imagine, and maybe I'm wrong, have you ever had a threesome with two guys? No, I have not. Right, so I would imagine... If it's all about you, not all about you, but if it's one of you and two of the other, it's more, uh, at least that in a, men are more physical anyway, right? So women, women are more mental. That's pretty much the universal understanding for the most part. And of course, there's exceptions to everything. But so for a guy, the visual of two girls doing things to you is just, uh, it's hard to beat in the terms of fun, not necessarily emotionally satisfying, right. but for fun. And then of course, there's a different energy when it's someone that you have a connection to, right? So with that girl, using that girl as an example, it didn't, we didn't only get together for threesomes and foursomes and fivesomes. It would, a lot of times would be just me and her, right? Mm -hmm. And the way that relationship ended was she brought a girl over one night and I was on the bed lying face up and the girl was sitting on me and she was watching. And it was a very funny moment. The girl on top of me had an orgasm she screamed, God damn it, and slapped me across the face, which was insane because she doesn't know me. And I was like, what the fuck, right? And the girl started, my girl started laughing hysterically because it was such a ridiculous moment. And then she got up and walked out of the room. I was like, oh my God, like, what's wrong? I went, I said, what's wrong? She goes, you know what? I'm realizing now that I really, really care about you and I can't do this anymore. Mm. I was like, oh, okay, I'm sorry. Like, you want to get rid of her? And then she moved away and we never spoke again. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. last year. So it just, I think, I think I satisfied a urge in her. She had gotten out of a long-term relationship, and I think she just wanted to spend some time just going crazy. And I happened to be the lucky guy that was there for when she was doing it.
<laughs> you got to be the one that she went crazy with. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm bisexual. I am equally as attracted to women as men, sometimes more attracted depending on, you know, who the man or the woman is. The man is me, for instance. <laughs> Gosh. So, you know, I definitely, I love having sex with women. I often think that sex with women is better than sex with men. Like, women smell better. They feel better. They taste better. Like they're I just, agree with every one of those points. 100%. <laughs> they look better. <laughs> Men look, even a guy in great shape who's in phenomenal shape. He looks ridiculous naked. There's things hanging around. that's just stupid. A woman is a work of art. That's what it is. There's no denying it. Yeah. Women are, women are just fucking amazing. I love having sex with women. And even so, I don't feel like threesomes like are as satisfying. Again, like I have fun, I enjoy them, I like doing them from time to time, but it's not the same. Like it's, not, it's a different dynamic for sure, and that's fine. I mean, yeah. it shouldn't be a hundred percent the same with everything you do. You know, just like I've often said, if you can only be defined as one thing, you're a boring person. You know, you should have interests in varied areas that you love that you that some people maybe only know you as that person but you have other aspects to your personality. So in the same respect, if all you're doing is the same sex with the same person every time, it's going to get boring. It may be great in the beginning, but just to have variety in your life, I don't even like to have the same thing for breakfast two days in a row. So I'm just someone that wants variety in my life. Yeah, no, I definitely like the variety for sure. It's good to have different experiences. And, you know, I like having people, different people that I have different experiences with. It's like, okay, this is what I'm in the mood for. I'll see this person or I want this type of experience. I'll go have sex with this person. And yeah, you know, we all like the chemistry that we create with another person is always going to be different. So even like if I have sex with you know, one guy and he has sex with some other chick, like it's going to be totally different experiences of because yeah. of, you know, how we show up in it. And yeah, it's just fun. I like there was a girl that I was dating for a while and our shtick was couple swapping. We'd go meet other couples. We did that for maybe three or four months, this other girl. And what was funny about it was every couple, not us, but, and again, it's whatever works for you is fine for you. But every couple had a different set of rules that made sense to them. You know what I mean? So one couple, they were only once, you know, you only can, they, they find different couples one time and that's it. Another couple was different rooms. I don't want to watch you with my wife and I don't want my wife to see me with that. That was there. Another one was got to be in the same room. You know, I want to make sure that my wife is happy or my girlfriend's happy. And every one of them had these rules that totally made sense to them. But, you know, to another couple would be a 180 of what they wanted. Yeah. And every time me and my girl are like, yeah, all right, whatever. Let's do it. Let's get going. <laughs> Just like, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. So what's coming next in your world? Uh, the big ones are uh, obviously SDR show. We went to two days a week, um, which is now every Wednesday, every Saturday. You can watch live at gasdigitalnetwork.com. Um, Jay is on, my co-host, Big Jay Ogerson, brilliant comedian, is usually on at least one episode, sometimes both. And if it's not the other one, I bring another comic in to do the shows with me. We have a great lineup, like just in this, and I don't know when this is airing, but in this coming weeks, um, from this point forward, it's like we have such a crazy, uh, Rob Schneider, Joy Behar, um, Brian Posehn, AWOL Nation, just so many great, uh, Static X is just on, just such a great lineup of fun people to talk to. It's been a lot of fun. Cool. Well, I got to well, get back. We're doing, sorry, the newest one we're doing, my newest stunt stupid show is called 
beat me to the finish, right? And it's a girl's coming to my house, a girl's coming to Jay's house, and they are going to be jerking us off while we watch wildly inappropriate images like the Hindenburg, 9-11, like all things that you should not be watching. And then we're going to see who has an orgasm and to what. <laughs> so stupid. Is Jay still uh, dating Christine? Christine. Yeah, that's yeah. Still Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Christine's just down for whatever. It's usually not Christine. Usually Christine is by also. So they usually it's another, like we get porn stars that are down to do it, you know? So um, they're always just dumb ideas. Um, last one we did in studio was, was we got five guys of varied ethnicity. It was a black guy, white guy, Spanish guy, Asian guy, and I think Indian guy. I think it was five. And uh, a girl came in and she got to, had to blow each of them for 10 seconds blindfolded and couldn't touch them. And she got $100 for each ethnic group she correctly identified. And if she got all five, she would get $1,000. And we called it International Street Meat. Wildly inappropriate. <laughs> All right. I got to ask you, um, we have this deck. Let's talk about sex. And I'm going to pull a card. It's totally random. have no idea what's going to come up and ask you a question. All right. Mm -hmm. All right. Let's see. All right. A sexual fantasy of mine is blank. So now let me ask a question. Does that mean something I've never done before? I don't think so. I mean, if you talk about something, maybe you haven't already talked about. Let me think. A sexual fantasy of mine. You know, I don't know. It's weird. I, a lot of the things I've done, I've, I've tried to do them all. You know, I mean, this is going to sound, the, the one that comes to mind, it sounds so super douchey that I don't even want to say it because it's so douchey sounding. But um, let me think. Is there anything else? That's the only one that comes to mind. I apologize in advance for how shitty this sounds. Okay. But when I was with that girl that I talked about earlier, we tried to get to five girls three times. Every time the fifth girl canceled. So we always did it. We had three fivesomes in my life, me and four girls, three times, always the fifth girl canceled. It was crazy. It was like, uh, for some reason, God didn't want that to happen. So I've always felt like, why did that not happen? I would love to just try and make that happen. It sounds really shitty. I apologize. But that's what jumped in my head right away. I think that sounds like a perfectly acceptable fantasy and hey, I would be down to do the same. <laughs> well, I, thought you, I thought you said it'd be down to be one of the five girls that got me so excited. Well, <laughs> we'll see about that. <laughs> uh, all right. So how do they find you? Uh, follow me everywhere at I am Ralph Sutton. That'd be, I believe in a term that I believe I coined called social symmetry. Figure out a name that's the same everywhere. And just use that. So my follow me everywhere at I am Ralph Shutton. Follow the SDR show everywhere at the SDR show. And follow Gas Digital everywhere at Gas Digital. And uh, that's the easiest way to find me. Awesome. So glad to have you. Thanks for taking time. I know you're super busy. It's been amazing. Thank you for having me, woman. All right. Hey, it's Sarah again. Thanks for listening. Make sure you check out the links in the show notes for everything we discussed in this episode. And you can also find out about how you can work with me. Until next time, lovers. Down tonight.